Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. One of the key issues that exists in this country is the issue of Indigenous peoples. The 2023 see measurable improvement in the relationship between Indigenous people and Ottawa, as well as provincial governments and what most directly must be addressed in 2024. As uh, long as First Nations continue to be forced, my view, to access unsafe water supply, the question is, is reconciliation just a word? I think so. If you don't have safe drinking water, then reconciliation is just a word. It was at Cowess's First Nation in Saskatchewan that Chief Cadmus DeLorme announced on December 21st, 2021, an estimated 751 unmarked graves had been discovered at the site of the former residential school in the community. It was at Cowess's First Nation that the first coordination agreement under the Act Respecting First Nations, Inuit and Métis Children, Youth and Families, was signed in the presence of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe, and Cowess's First Nation Chief Cadmus DeLorme in July of 2021. Uh, Premier Moe will join us in the next half hour, and we'll talk to the Premier about that, and we'll talk to him about the situation in Ottawa as well. We're uh, we're joined now by the former chief of Cowessis, uh, Cadmus Delorme. Chief Delorme, how are you today? Good afternoon, Roy. I'm well. How are you? I'm I'm well. It's it's great to speak to you again. Um, what First Nation priorities do you say? Would you say have been addressed responsibly in 2023 by federal and provincial governments, and which ones have not been? Yeah, thank you, Roy. I just want to be full disclosure. I'm no longer an elected chief, but uh, in First Nation country, once a chief, always a chief. So I'm always uh, honored to share some words. In 2023, Roy, we have gained better understanding on the importance of the relationship with Indigenous people and Canadians. Uh, This last year, uh, we recently seen an AFN election. You know, the AFN is the biggest national advocacy for First Nation. And yes, we've seen some hiccups in the AFN this year as well. And every government goes through hiccups like that. And so, you know, other things that we've seen is, you know, we have um, more child welfare agreements happening. And, you know, child welfare is the surface of what we see. But what was happening is jurisdiction is being rightfully given back to First Nations to control their destiny. So I could go on and on, Roy, but I look forward to more conversation on specific items. Yeah, and I will, I will always call you chief. Um, you, you've earned that. And it's not just in First Nations. You are chief, Delorme, to me. Um, Thank you, Roy. M- much has been said about the need for governments and society broadly standing with Indigenous peoples. And we've heard pronouncements from governments in that regard. And efforts have been made, as you, as you mentioned. But I wonder if what we've witnessed so far is really to acknowledge First Nations or whether much of what we've witnessed is politics. After all, and I'll come back to what I said in the introduction, Chief DeLorme, First Nations across Canada continue to struggle with unsafe drinking water. Roy, today in 2023, Canada is in a very unique position. You know, today we inherited a history together. Nobody created residential schools. Nobody created the Indian Act today. So we all inherited this. 
And the thing is, is in 2015, when the Truth and Reconciliation Calls to Action were announced, uh, Senator uh, Sinclair, the Honorable Senator Sinclair, along with the Commission, um, you know, gave us a mountain to all climb together as Canadians and Indigenous people. That was a promise made. People made that promise in this country. In 2021, when the unmarked graves were validated in Kamloops, Cowses, and the 15 other communities that came forward since, Canada adjusted again. Like, it went from a promise to, like, I get it, but I don't get it. And so today, I don't really look at governments as, you know, the the only, you know, driver. It's Canadians. It's Canadians understanding that truth must come before reconciliation. And we hold our governments accountable. You know, and we, I'm going to give you a really good example. And I'm going to give you a not so good example of how governments can help and not help. You know, you got the BC government. And I'm not promoting the British Columbia provincial government, but you know, they implemented the UNDRIP, you know, validation that the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People, which is validation that Indigenous people are rights holders, uh, which we shouldn't argue because our Supreme Court of Canada validates that already. And so British Columbia government has a lot of uh, direct, you know, the opposite is in Manitoba, you know, pre-Wab Canoe, Premier Wab Canoe, like there was a government that used the, um, you know, and I'm going to say something triggering to some audience members, but the the landfill and used it as a political campaign and that triggers people. So. Yes, our governments have to be held accountable, but we got to understand that business people are not a political in this country. It's a responsibility of every one of us. Um, expand on that a little bit for us, Chief DeLorm. Yes. Because you, you say it's, it's, not just, it's not just First Nations. It's the people of Canada. And I want to know where the buy-in is. Do you have a sense that there is real buy-in? Because... I come back to the issue of First Nations, many First Nations communities not not having safe drinking water. And as long as that continues, as far as I'm concerned, there isn't buy-in. There's no pressure on governments to do what they need to do. Or not enough. Yeah. Roy, governments have a huge responsibility. The federal government, you know, and, and the relationship with the 630 First Nations and Inuit and, and Métis across this country, you know, it's devastating knowing that some First Nations don't have re reliable drinking water. You know, and then today in 2023, when technology and, you know, we understand the water treatment plant system, uh, we do have to get this right. You know, at the same time, you know, Indigenous nations, Indigenous communities, um, we, have the, the, we have the talent to do this, Roy. We just lack the resources to lift us to the talented areas. And so to answer your question on to uh, please expand, you know, Indigenous people, you know, we have our own truth and reconciliation that we're dealing with today. And it's not the 94 calls to action. It's Indigenous to Indigenous. Because we've been oppressed for four-plus generations, we kind of become a challenge amongst one another, but please don't don't ever think Indigenous people want pity or anybody to feel sorry for us. We don't. We want parity like every other Canadian. While our Indigenous worldview isn't tested anymore, and one more quick thing, Roy, on the Canadian side, you know, we got to understand as Canadians, we were told lies 
about the truth for generations. Baby boomers were not told the truth. Generation X were not told the truth. Generation Y were not told the truth. So here we are as decision makers in this country, and we're like still trying to scratch our head as what understanding the truth. So yes, Roy, I'm, I'm kind of leaning not towards the technical side, but more of the relationship side. Because once we get the foundational truth relationship, reconciliation will come with so much more optimism and realistic action. Yeah, it's about getting to know each other. That's one of the one of the critical aspects of it. Now, First Nations are increasingly engaging in establishing environmental policies and revenue generation. We also have First Nations taking the federal government to court over the carbon tax. What? How do you how do you see this development? Mm-hmm. Yes. No. It's uh, the political is a very interesting mechanism. Like I was a chief for seven years, Roy, and you know having to um, you know. No option is always number one to take something legal. You know, you would always try work it out. You know, and then there's mandates we have today. You know, the carbon tax, you know, and I'm not in favor of it. I'm not saying I'm in favor of it, but I'm just saying we all know climate change is real. And every one of us have a different understanding of the role we play today. And, you know, right now the current federal government implemented a mechanism that, that is to address climate change. And so here we got a First Nation or First Nations in this case that have taken the federal court government to task because they feel that they weren't consulted with right. They feel like it's breaching, you know, somewhat one of the rights. And so it's just an interesting approach that, you know, people understand that we have to sometimes use the court system. And in this case, um, you know, a couple First Nations that are approached it this way have joined to tell the federal government, you have to do better consultation with us as rights holders. Okay. You've certainly done well at that, uh, at Cowess's. Um Great concern expressed over First Nations youth. We've all heard of youth suicide crises in First Nations across Canada. Is the playing field more level for young Indigenous people than it was even 10 years ago? Is there a more optimistic, positive view among young uh, Indigenous residents of Cowess's First Nation than there might have been a decade ago? Mm-hmm. Roy, Indigenous youth in our country today uh, are thriving in many ways in social, education, sports, and, and we're seeing it. You know, we have young Ethan Bear uh, in the NHL right now. So, so there's a lot of, of momentum going, you know, but the reality is the toughest person to be in this country today is an Indigenous female, and a youth is a part of that. So, you know, we do have some work ahead of us. You know, our youth today in this country as Indigenous you know, and just Indigenous as, as as a whole is we've been through a lot in the last couple of years. You know, the pandemic has really triggered us as it did, did Canadians, but it triggered Indigenous in a very unique way as well. And then the unmarked graves triggered us again. And more recently, the Buffy St. Marie story, as you know, as, as open and public as it is, that triggered Indigenous people. And so, you know, the adults of Indigenous people you know, we are on a healing journey, then, you know, we empower our youth to be a, have a better life than us. And so our youth today, you know, do have 
you know, unique challenges, being Indigenous identity, culture, you know, sometimes it's just intergenerational trauma. So, But remember, anybody listening, we don't want pity or anybody to feel sorry for us. We want parity, like every other Canadian, while our Indigenous worldview isn't tested anymore. Let me come to the residential school issue. If I were to ask a cross-section of Cowboys' First Nation residents, if they feel the residential school issue is being responsibly dealt with, what do you think I'd hear back? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a residential school survivor. I, I was raised by living witnesses, residential school survivors. And, you know, I just want to give you a one-minute understanding of what happened in residential schools. And it really can answer the question, Roy. You know, my great-great-grandmother never attended a residential school. She was born in 1882. She was pure. She had all the Indigenous worldview from seven generations. She had my great-grandma, Maggie. Maggie had to attend a residential school. Maggie didn't get those vertical teachings. She had to go into horizontal survival mode. My great-grandma had my grandma, Evelyn. Evelyn had to go into horizontal survival mode with very little vertical lineage teachings. Then my grandma had my mom, Charlotte. When this country was good government and justice for all, not my mom. My mom had to attend a residential school, and she went into horizontal survival mode. When this country didn't believe in my mom, my mom raised me to believe in this country. When I was born in 1982, my mom had to overcome her intergenerational trauma while trying to raise me as a dreamer in this country. And, you know, today I'm very honored to share, Roy, my seven-year-old daughter and my mom are inseparable. My vertical lineage has gotten stronger. But in this country, every Indigenous person, our vertical lineages are different. Some are horizontal, some are vertical, some are 45-degree angle in the middle. But we all have an understanding as Canadians and Indigenous people that we have a duty to this. Because if you're a proud Canadian, we inherited this moment. And that's what residential school really means and the legacy is let's all get to reconciliation. So I have to ask you a personal question that's just directed to you, toward you. You've been very proactive in, uh, in First Nations politics, Chief of Cowboys' First Nation, very prominent First Nation, you're no longer the chief. Is there a political future for you in uh, either provincial or federal government? Thank you, Roy. I I love politics. Like I I feel I have a duty to politics in this country, and I see myself one day potentially in non-indigenous politics. You know, I got a three, five, and seven-year-old Roy, and you know any parent, grandparent listening, these are the twilight years, and you know I just want to spend a couple years with my kids. I'm coaching. Uh, hockey right now they're under seven and my wife told me to tone it down the other day because they're only in snowflake under seven so i'm (laughs) loving my moment but you know i started a company roy called one hoop and flowing river capital at the end when we fully implement reconciliation in this country we're going to have two relationships with indigenous people and canadians one is quasi-jurisdictional and the other one is economic so i'm going to focus on economics for a couple years roy and maybe one day down the road i'll join politics again and when you get down to that part of the road you know i'm coming out to saskatchewan to support you Uh, whether you want it or not chief (laughs) (laughs) thank you roy that means a lot if you want to hear more 
Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.